At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you as always. Uh, did you guys see what was happening uh, after hours yesterday in some stocks? Because uh, there were some things happening. Some stocks making moves. We're going to talk about that. GameStop, AMC. Uh, just confirming that we're live right now for one second. I'm confirming that we're live on Twitter, on Facebook. We are live. Okay, we're all live. All good to go even though I'm not seeing us on YouTube. Let me do a refresh. All right, I think we're good to go. Regardless, we got a big show today. We're going to talk about the meme stocks moving after hours. Jonathan Corpina is our guest, Meridian Equity Partners. Looking forward to that. So uh, smash that like button, and uh, here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Let's bring on Mr. Joel. Joel, good morning. And let's get your first How are you doing? Uh, hump day, Wednesday, right? Wednesday, March 23rd. Is it spring? It what? is spring. The Days first, ago. The first day was what, like Monday or Friday? Yeah. 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 It is spring. Happy spring. Happy what spring happened to you. What happened to the spring of market? What you do, Spencer? It can't go up every day, Joel. Now, five out of six days, we've been higher. Uh, the one down day was Monday, and that was just a smidgen here. So we're a little jeopardy of losing that streak uh, today, down 19 and a quarter handles. Double top out there for you pattern traders, 14.75, the high yesterday, 14 even today. Hard to find support here can uh, when you had a 400-point rally. Can I see your I, charts? I didn't, I didn't share them. No. It says I shared. No. No. Okay. There you go. How's that? There, it's we, fun go. To share. there we go. It's fun to Gotta share. Gotta learn to share. Uh pre-market low 4480. Nothing for you there, folks. Uh energy low from yesterday 67. If you want to look for another downside level, crude up 296 and tightened supplies at 112.23. Uh gold up seven bucks, 1928.50. That 1950 level just looks pesky. 
Uh, silver back over 25, up 26 cents at 25.16. Bitcoin uh, hovering uh, in the 40K handle. Can't really bust through that 45.5. Ethereum futures, they're down $39.50 at 29.50. Do right. 52. Let's bring in Triple wait, D. Wait, I, I want to interrupt. Yeah. Okay. Let's bring on Dennis. You got some breaking I, news? I, well, no. I'm just very confused right now because. It like the stream is working, but it's not working. Like we're live, but there's no video. I'm yeah, there's bit, no video. I'm a little bit confused right now. What, what is that? Bring in Mitch. What is happening? Struggling on. You're perfectly fine, bro. I'm. I, I'm I, really... I don't have it either on YouTube. I have it. You have it. Yeah, perfectly fine. All right, I'm on not, YouTube. No, right, I see it. It says waiting. I, I, you know what? I refreshed three times, and now I have it. I'm. I, I'm I don't I'm have very... it either. You guys need to get better internet, bro. Come on. <laughs> I don't think that's okay. All right. You know, I refreshed and now the video is there. That was very bizarre because I was I was seeing that we're live, but I wasn't seeing us live on the screen. But now I see it. You have to refresh three times. I did it three times yeah, as well. And that was came very out. strange. That's, that, wow. that, that, that's the first. That's the first for us here. That that's a YouTube before. issue. I think. Come yeah, on, it, Comcast. Could be. could be. Anyway, thanks for help. Thanks for the help, Mitch. Uh, Dennis, good morning. What's up? Talk to um, me. I know what you were doing yesterday. Meme you stocks? were you you were buying GameStop. I actually you... did. I actually did trade GameStop on that headline because when I saw it, I was like, Ryan Cohen's buying, it's probably gonna go up. So I've already sold it. I actually got nine points on it. It moved pretty nice. good last night. Yeah. But um All right, so know. here's the deal. Here's the deal. For the first time, and I, I, I found this in Benzinger Pro, for the first time since December of two thousand and twenty. Ryan Cohen has bought more GameStop. And I, I find I found out by going to my just PR or my SEC newsfeed in Benzinger Pro search for Ryan Cohen. We obviously have um um the filing from yesterday. Yeah. But I was like, when's the last time he bought I, I don't even know. When's the last time he, he bought he bought GameStop? Um I'll go all the way back to December of 2020 when he bought 1.226 million shares at fifteen dollars. What so, yeah. price did he pay for these shares? The average price was 101. 101. He, he was buying a little bit all the way up yesterday. Um, oh, he bought it yesterday? Actually, was bought he, yesterday? He actually bought it yesterday. He actually bought it yesterday. I, I have my filing here somewhere. There he is. I uh, got bought, the memo. He bought at 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, 101, 2, or 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And it, yeah, that's it. Um, great question. Who'd who who got the-, the memo the day before, though? Because we we obviously the rest of the Two world days. finds out at five thirty last night when the filing gets filed, and that's when I buy because it's like, oh, if he's buying it, they're probably gonna keep buying this, and they did. Um, I've already sold it. Um, but it was up twenty bucks ahead of it. I mean, was there another catalyst yesterday for GameStop to be up twenty five points? ahead of the filing of Ryan Cohen buying more stock or is there like we tell all our buddies that we bought more stock like I'm no I'm honestly I'm just you know because we had the huge move ahead of this yeah which that, seems ridiculous to me that's the other thing so very seems very we, suspicious we, to me. we we get these filings piped into Benzinger Pro right so and the best part about that is you can see times right so you know it's I, I don't I don't know if it's like down to the second real time, but it's pretty damn fast, okay? So we have the filing in Benzinga Pro yesterday at six sixteen PM Eastern time. Well no, it came five thirty. So look, it came you, you can see yeah, go farther down your stream. You can see All you right. have it in there. The active stake. 
Oh, the active stake. Right. I'm sorry. That's okay. when you can actually. Right, you're right. Stake. Sorry. 5:30. I stand corrected. Yeah. So, so the filing's in there, but I mean that doesn't explain why it was up 25 points ahead of the filing yesterday. Right. So, I mean, we know obviously, you know, these filings are late, but obviously, there's a few people that apparently knew that he was buying it, or maybe the, I'm asking, was there another? I don't follow the GameStop clo- story closely enough. Was there another catalyst that drove it up yesterday? Did somebody else say something, and it's just yeah. coincidence, or? It, it does appear suspicious to me that it runs 25 points, and then you know that night we find out the Cohen bought more. It was trending all day. It was yeah, trending, trending all day because people knew. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I well, I, I I don't know that. I just know it was trending all day. Yeah. I think I'll go. I'll I'll go with Lowell on this one. I mean, you know, with with bots and algorithms, it was big volume. You know, so you get big value, and I'm just trying to just take a you know a neutral stance here and say, well, it had two good days and moved off support coming into the market. Twenty five percent ahead of ahead of the filing of you know. I'm just saying there was volume. If you had a volume day. ticker on and you had a an alert, you know, maybe people have better alerts than other people have alerts. But I'm just saying. The volume on uh, two days ago was nine million. It had the three point bump, and then it was really quiet on Monday, only four million. Uh, but the volume started pumping in, uh, and I- I'm just saying it. Other factors to be considered with with alerts and programs and bots and you know algo sniffers out there. But um, yeah, it's hard to do technicals on this one, so I'll, I'll take a pass. On well, it. I mean, and okay, and then obviously I'm a relationship-based guy, so when you see GameStop taking off yep. like this, it's probably going to start bringing up all the other meme stocks. We know there's like 50 of them. So AMC, the first one you think about, it is off the highs. The S&Ps are not helping the, the matter. I think if we had an update, these things would be a, a hell of a lot more, but they're still holding strong considering we're down 20 handles on the S&P. Bad Bath and Beyond, big day obviously yesterday. It's given back some of this overnight rally. It was up over twenty five last night, and it's given it back. And then you know, there's the whole is cost. Another one, KOSS, huge day yesterday. Continuing a little bit here this morning, there was like Express, and then you know the names. I mean, we don't have to go through them all here. The pot stocks are all lifting. Yeah. It's the dash for trash. That's what we were absolutely seeing yesterday. It's absolutely what we were seeing last night. It's cooled off a little bit because the S&Ps are getting hit here this morning. So that has cooled the dash for trash off just to a certain extent. But right now, there's the dash for trash. And if this S&Ps start to turn around, they'll start dashing for more trash. So, I mean, if we start to really roll over and the S&Ps get hammered, then that trade's probably not going to work out. But right now, the dash for trash trade is on. And it's not a great sign for the market. It, historically, it hasn't been, but who knows? I mean, you know, th- this market is so difficult to call. It, w- uh, what the market is really very good at doing is punishing the maximum amount of participants. And what we saw was, you know, the market getting killed, 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 killed. JP Morgan throws in the towel. Death cross happens. Everybody is so bloody bearish a week and, or a week ago on that Monday. And then they just rally them for seven days straight just because everybody got too bearish on the other side of the trade. And they so they punish all the longs on the way down. Now they punish all the shorts on the way up. They'll sucker everybody in here. We'll all get bullish, rah, 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 back to new all-time highs. Then they'll pull the rug out from under it again. The market punishes the maximum amount of participants. 
And again, I guess they can't hear you if we're refreshing. So no, yeah, I, I know. Real yeah, just imagine people. People can hear us. I think they can't see us, but they can hear us. I think. I don't know. It's very confusing. I, 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 it disappears. It to still me. says waiting my show. Like I, it doesn't I say like it's. Yeah, it's it. not on our side, guys. Yeah, yeah. I just want to let you YouTube know. Is YouTube is not YouTube. This appears to be a YouTube issue. Uh, it, it's the first time I can remember this happening. So just keep refreshing. I said it in the chat. Keep refreshing, and eventually it will show up because it showed up for me. So <laughs> that's all I can say. Um, anyway, it's good to see this many people. They're concerned now. They're concerned for our safety, I think. I think they're concerned that we got swallowed up by the metaverse. The metaverse got us. We haven't talked the metaverse, metaverse in a while. Uh, so anyway, uh, as far as stocks moving, right? GameStop, AMC are the obvious ones. But Dennis mentioned the pot stocks, okay? So there's no news on the pot stocks. Well, there's news on the but That's not, that's not going to justify uh, what it, what's happening to these stocks. So Tilray, Sundial, SNDL is a big one. Aurora ACB is a big one. Um, those all the high short the interest stuff, Canopy, Joel. Yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you. Call, I mean, we know together. it. Yeah, um, I'll just say, you know, look at your pre-market highs on these and use those as potential targets. And if you know they get through those, then they just keep on going. But just flipping through the charts, there it seems to be. A little bit of the euphoria is left off. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not buying them. I'm not shorting them. I don't even, I'll have them on my screen for, yeah. you know, for the show. And then they're off my screen. I Full mean, disclosure, I'm, I've got, I've bought a few. None of the stocks that I've named, um, but I've bought a few of these Dash for Trash stocks for trades. So I won't say the ones I've bought because I don't want to influence them. Um, so, but I'm in a few of these, um, you're pretty good at sniffing these out in, in this one. Yeah. You, well, there's yeah. like 40 or 50 of them that all kind of move together. I'm relationship based. I see GameStop trading up 12%, you know, 15 points. Right. I think eventually they might roll into other stuff. I do think that the SP rollover here this morning, it, that's absolutely what's happening last night before we started rolling over on the S and P. So it all depends. I mean, if we still start getting ugly, have an ugly day in the markets, then that trade won't work out. But if the S&Ps go to turn, that those dash for trash stocks probably will lead the charge. So, But keep an eye on GameStop. It's your leader. GameStop and AMC, um, if they roll over and give it back, then that trade is not going to work out. I'm right. relationship-based. I know there's a relationship between GameStop and a lot of those other high short interest names. So that's why I'm long a few of them. I just want to know, do you what do you call that grouping? Do you have it under like trash? Yeah, trash. Is that yeah, is it yeah. your trash yeah, file? Trash. Yeah, I should start that ETF, the trash ETF. And you just put all these trash names in there. And, you know, every once in a while they get these short squeezes that rip your face off. And impressive, most of them. And I I think I have a symbol for you. Let me see if it's taken. No, it's not taken. What is it? Junk. Junk. Junk's taken. Junk junk has to be like a junk bond ETF. It's got to be. It's not, though. It says it's there. How is that not taken? Could you? Uh, who's oh, the guy that Because you know what is it? Because it's, J- it's JNK. That's Man, cool. we should scoop that up. Did you junk. get that right now? started. GameStop would be the biggest position in the junk one. <laughs> and the stocks go. I mean, they're not always junk. Sometimes junk is hot. And then you got to do the what? What will the, be the inverse of that? They're not junk, junk and, guys. They're not junk. They're high yield. That was a bond joke. None right? of these things have high yield. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad joke. Uh, 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 have yields at all. But, <laughs> Crickets on that one, buddy. But, Sorry. What would you? <laughs> but right. if 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 jump, but what would be the opposite? Like if you know, like of of it, 
I guess it'd be the spy, right? If you wanted to do a relation, you know, the opposite. But all right, we've digressed with my hey, my. Wait, jump wait, wait! Line. I have two things to add on this. Number one, um, if Dennis is correct and the high short interest goes into play today, I'm going to drop you guys a list, uh, a free list of high short interest stocks with, and I'm going to put the link in the chat right now with the caveat, the caveat, the short interest data. On that list, on most places, is outdated. Why? Because it, it, it lags, and the next reporting date, the next funeral reporting date, is tomorrow. Okay, so oh, what the, a convenient time! All the short interest data that we have, whether it's uh, from well, S three is proprietary; they have their own stuff. But most of the data that's out there, the data that's from FINRA is 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 two weeks old by now. Um, but there's going to be new data uh, reported tomorrow. So know that going in. But I just dropped the link in the chat. It's highshortinterest.com. If Dennis is correct and all the high short interest stocks start going today, look at that list. GameStop's your leader. That stuff, if GameStop rolls over, that list isn't going to work. If GameStop, you know, opens and continues ripping, that list probably works. So that's this is a binary bet. Hmm. Yeah, and it's all that, that dependent meaning. on where GameStop goes from here. Man, it's crazy when game stops one of your leaders joel yeah let's let's can we, can what we a world we're in okay let's talk real stocks uh, got adobe getting hit adobe earn leads the earnings here so we can probably go there next sure. uh yeah it, it's it's your biggest one um wait i wait did i mention by the way that ryan like what ryan cohen actually bought he bought one uh 100,000 shares so it wasn't even that much uh and he's got like nine million so this is what it wasn't he has nine million shares or nine million dollars worth. Nine million shares. The float's not that big. Oh my god. He's never sold any. Has he ever sold any? I don't think so. Well, that's crazy in itself, and that thing was going parabolic. All right, uh, Adobe earnings last night. Uh, kind of your big, your biggest earnings name uh, overnight here. Uh, in the pro, I see my Adobe EPS came in a couple cents above the estimate, $3.37 versus $3.34 sales, beat by a smidgen as well, uh, about $4.25 billion. Uh, I think their guidance came in a smidge on the light side. Let me see here. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, I the uh, guidance was for revenue for the year came in around four four and a third, four point three four billion dollars, which which I guess was in line or maybe a smidgen light. Um, but I don't know. This seems like a kind of like a boring report to me, actually. I don't know. Um I was just trying to bring up Adobe and I accidentally typed it in the chat. I was trying to type it on my montage, take a look at it. <laughs> I mean, we're in this market where buy the dip is working again, and you can't deny that. I mean, we talked about FedEx on its disappointing earnings report. Three days later, gets all the losses back. We talked about Boeing on the plane crash. Three days later, gets its losses back. Um, I got down and dirty in Okta yesterday because I was like, you know what? I sense the pattern. It's buy the dip is back. I bought it at 156. It was 169. I was, a third, I was literally up 8%. It's given it back now, uh, some of it. But, I mean, that one worked, too, to a certain extent. It's down today. I'm not sure. Maybe there's some more stuff said about it. Um, Adobe, down 15 bucks on an earnings report. Money managers. You just got to envision why this is working. Because there's multiple people, including myself, that, you know, didn't participate nearly enough in this rip-your-face-off rally. And they're sitting with too much cash, including myself. 
So money managers that are sitting with too much cash are looking for dips to buy. So when you get an earnings dip on a, on a company that usually moves with the overall market, they're using that opportunity to redeploy their cash. So when you see Adobe down 15 bucks in a market that is now incl- so inclined to be buying dips, um, that's why we're bouncing back. Money managers trying to redeploy those cash assets and using those earnings dips to get some money back to work. I just, I don't have as good a fit, you know, like sometimes, you know, I'm like, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, buy you know, buyers are stepping up. We're not going to see the pre-market low. I don't know. Since you had that rebound and that was probably the eight o'clock prints, that ridiculous print at 455, it just feels like they're selling pressure. Let, let me see what the pre-market low is here. Uh, because I did the 50% retracement of the move that you had pre-market yeah. low, uh, 41.74. So if, if I was going to step into this one today, I'd, I'd have to wait closer to the pre-market low. I mean, right now someone's hanging on at 450, but it just seems like it had that pop, you know, the drop, the pop, and now you got some serious leaking again. S and P's hurting it again. Yep. If the S and P's rebound. It's right now. Money managers are scrambling. There, there literally is a lot of people who believe that the bottom is in. Um, I'm on the fence. I, th- I can see two scenarios. I've said that. I've outlined those almost every show. You know, it's all around the ceasefire. Ceasefire yeah. comes in. We're at all-time highs. I think if the ceasefire comes in, we're bouncing back to all-time highs. If, you know, this continues to go and escalate, more things happen in Ukraine, inflation doesn't get in check, you know, then we could revisit those lows. So it's kind of, you know, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of 50-50 on my long-term stuff right now. And, you know, some people just say, just hold and don't look, you know, but I'm, that's my job. I'm a market timer. So, you know, it's kind of boring if you just sit there and just hold stocks forever and don't <laughs> trade them. I mean, this is what I do. So I feel like I have an edge by, you know, reading headlines and feeling out, you know, where the market is. And sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. And definitely right for, you know, selling when I did, because I obviously raised cash near the highs. But I mean, I was wrong for not getting back in last week. So I'm scrambling too, man. That's why I bought some Okta. I mean, I'm scrambling, if, if, doing yeah. the same thing the money managers, getting the dips, looking at redeploying some cash. If if, my, if uh, uh, you know, if you got a money manager now and he he's looking to buy dips up here, uh, but this dips, know. but I'm not talking. I so, mean, an individual stuff. Yeah, I this is you. how you do it. Like you rebuild yeah. your portfolio through the individual dips because those things catch up. If the market's going back to new all-time highs. In all likelihood, Adobe's going to be a hell of a lot higher than 452. So you're like, well, I'm not going to get better than a 0.4% dip on SPY, but I'm sitting here looking at a 3-4% dip on Adobe. I'll strike. That's why these stocks are bouncing back. That's why buy the dip is working here again. That's why Boeing, you know, in a normalized market, should not bounce back in three days from that plane crash, but it did because there's money managers who are underinvested saying, oh, here's an opportunity to put some cash to work. Think about what the big money is doing. Think about how they're positioned. That is what moves stocks. It's not your little retail guys unless it's GameStop. It's what's the big money doing. And big money goes into GameStop too. Don't kid yourself. I mean, I traded for crying out loud on that headline last night. Like, we're going to disclose Ryan Cohen wait, just bought wait. stocks. Probably going up. Time out. Did you just call yourself big money? <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I said even me. But I'm saying even, you know, even I was trading this last okay. night. Not that I'm saying I'm big money. No, I know. I know. I'm, I have an edge. And, and I've given this rant before, too. You as a retail trader have an enormous edge over big money. 
Because when they're coming into a stock, sometimes it takes them days to go in. They have Munch. what's called price impact. You want to buy like 500,000 shares of this stock? Okay, we got to slowly work it. You got to the Joe Saluzzi's of Themis Trading that will work those orders and, you know, try to get that money in. But as you buy stock, it pushes the price higher because, you know, you're buying. You're actively coming in there and buying stock. So, I mean, you as a retail investor have a huge edge by being small because you can get in and out. In and you know, out, you have yeah. the big fish that moves so slow to get in. Well, you can go in and out and in and out and in and out. That's your edge. As a big trader, you know, that is your edge. So keep that in mind. You have the biggest edge, and that's my edge too. I'm a little guy. I can swim in between the big fish and, you know, move my money in and out. Easy to buy 500,000 shares or something. Buying a million shares or something, not as easy. you got to work those orders. Uh, and then if you don't get your original price, then you got to adjust. And that's why you see, you know, these stocks, you know, put in a pair, you know, a pair of lows or something, have a little bit of rally. And then the big money, I'm not going to buy this at 460. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it at 465. And then you, you know, they wait, they're not, they don't change. Oh, I got to buy a million, get it done. I mean, sometimes you get those orders, but you can affect the market too much. But, um, and I mean, got, you uh, know this too, Joel, because you worked big orders when you were at Oldie, you were working institutional orders you were working big orders like that you know and joel you know no like you're working it you're trying to you know not hard the price you know it's well, 100 shares is a joke i mean and that's why they say this is a retail market because you can get in out of 100 shares so easy you get in out of 500 500 shares easy when you're working 200 300 500 000 share orders as an institutional trader and i've never been an institutional trader but we know a lot of them and we're obviously going to have uh, Jonathan Corpina coming on here too, and he knows a lot of these too. It's a completely different animal. So you have a huge edge as a small fish moving in and out of those big, you know, with the big fish is moving price. You can move in and out multiple times in those days. So use that edge. And, you know, if you don't like the setup, sell, rebuy, because your price impact is minimal as a small trader. You want to know what the best edge ever is? Having no benchmark. Boom! That's true too. I don't even know my percentage return. I mean, I don't have to know a benchmark. Like people say, what's your annualized return? I have no idea. I'm a prop trader. I have no idea what it is. I know I do pretty good. I know what I make on an average month from an absolute dollar value, but I have no idea what I'm doing on a percent basis. Zero idea. So, and you know what? That's a good thing. I don't have to know that. I just have to pay the bills. We're still having problems with the stream, huh? We are, but fortunately for us, we are live on Twitter, on Twitch. We're even live on Facebook. So people that are watching there are okay. Hello, everyone watching over there. We 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 see that you're you're doing good. So uh, glad you could join us on not YouTube today because YouTube appears to be having some serious problems for a lot of people. I don't know what's going on, but hey, that's the way it is. Maybe short Google. I don't know what to tell you. Um, well, uh, let's stick with the earnings front for now because we have a couple more than we want to bring on Jonathan. We have General Mills this morning. This is a great um, way to play inflation, I would think. General Mills, food stock, uh, earnings beat. Sales came in a little bit above estimates, but they raised their guidance, uh, their organic sales growth guidance for the year, um, probably on the back of just price increases, I would, I would presume. Big move um, for GIS. Breaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Again, back and it's been down. This is not the kind of stock that, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this is I don't know. I, this is not the kind of stock that you know, I guess you've had a dip here the last little bit. And, and obviously, you know, the dip buyers are rewarded here with the earnings report. But this is not the kind of stock right now that I'm interested in. 
Uh, I'll give you, if we, if we keep on going to give you an upside target here, 65, 39, uh, I'd be more interested if it came back down into this area here and the way general mills trades, it very well could, uh, cause you had five, six tops right here around the 6350 area. So I'd rather try and pick it up on a, a retreat to that area than, you know, uh, I mean, you could short it or sell it at 65, 39. That was a daily high. Uh, but after that, wow, really, really opens up on the upside. But this is a very big move for General Mills. So uh, just be aware of that if you're if you're looking for the same to go up, you know, a lot farther. A couple other earnings reports. Stocks just trading down um, this morning. Poshmark, P-O-S-H, and what was the other one again? Um, GAN, G-A-N. Uh, <gasps> I had not looked at GAN in so long. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Holy Toledo. Wow. I know. Well, Posh has gone from 104 to 12 now, and GAN has gone from – how high did GAN get? But, but Joel, everybody in my stream telling me the huge rally in GAN the last five days from 460 to 550. You're talking about a 25% rally in six days. I missed it. I can't believe I missed that huge rally. And that's what they all look like. And you're exactly right. If you were sitting on a desert island and you were looking at stocks in November and now you're looking at all these retail-driven darlings now and you're like, you're not coming in and saying you missed it. You're kind of saying, what the hell happened to my stock? So, I mean, that's where we're at. But, you know, everybody wants to make every move and it was a big move last week. But giving it perspective here, even ARKK, I mean, it's 66 bucks. In November, it was 120. It's basically been cut in half still, despite the beautiful 20% rally last week. Yeah, but it's where we're at. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but we've rallied so far. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's also like, um, you know, this is what happens when 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 you get smaller numbers, right? Lower numbers. Like it's easy for a stock to rip up. 50% 50% when the stock is a $2 stock, right? It only has to go up a dollar. For sure. Uh, For sure. But, but but on the charts, though, it looks big. Like, even I caught myself last night because I was looking at, like, Tilray, and I was like, whoa, look at that. Oh, my. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's up like a dollar. <laughs> do I care about a dollar? Uh, I, I mean, I do Not if care. you bought a 300. Right, right, obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, all-time high Tilray, three hundred dollars. Yeah. That's FOMO right there. Oh, we we sir. we joke about FOMO here. That was FOMO <laughs> on the Holy. Yes, sir. Uh, last earning stock from overnight or uh, this morning here is going to be Winnebago. Uh, WGO EPS beat sales beat stock super quiet this morning. Um, but. Gas killing it. Yeah, gas prices. I I think going forward, this is a really tough play for exactly that reason. I mean, boats, Winnebago's. I mean, when you're looking at gas as high as it is right now, and you've got a reopening economy, people, as much as they wanted to buy Winnebago's a year and a half ago because we're all staying outside and staying away from people, people want to go near people. That's one thing working against it. And the gas prices are working against it too. So um, I'm, I'm... I'm not a fan of this right now. Winnebago. Mm, it's kind of been all over the place, but if you're if you want to fade us and you say, hey, you know, people are going to be, you know, Winnebagos are going to be back here. You had 
what you have? You had like a six-point move. So this 59-and-a-half area would be an area of interest. Of just, you know, on a pullback, you got down to 59, and you got a little yeah. bit of a pop. So that's what I'd be looking. I mean, it's actually holding up pretty well, only down 39 cents. And, deal. I mean, if you really want to try and take a stab at it, yesterday's low was 59.91. You're still... Wow, two bucks away from that if you want to try and buy the previous day's low. Uh, on the upside, keep an eye if they decide to rally this thing for some uh, for some reason. Uh, just keep an eye. Over 62. It's gotten over 62 three times uh, since March 7th, and those rallies have gotten stuffed. Man, we're right there. I don't know what they're going to do with Winnebago here. This is a tough one. Fundamentally, I don't like it, but technically anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is a market where... Yeah, it's a tough market to call. So we can give opinions and, you know, we can, you know, make guesses. And that's all it is, is just making guesses. But this is a very, very difficult market to call day to day. It's easy to call, like, you know, a trade like GameStop last night where I'm buying off of a Cohen, you know, like that's a headline. It's probably going to go up on that. It did. Trade's over. Where it goes from here, now that's the question mark. So it's very, you know, like I said, it's it's not that hard to call it, you know, a minute out. But it's a really hard to call it a day out. And calling it a year out? Whatever. Who knows where we're going to be in a year? Yeah. So, you know, everybody thinks the market just goes higher, and that might be the case unless you're in Japan. And then that wasn't the case. So lots of things to consider. I, God, enough with the now do Japan. Everyone does that. Now do Japan. It's, the, it's, the well, it's been down for 30 years. I understand. So, I, I mean, that. It, it, we're just throwing a hole into the thesis the market has to go up forever. That's all. All right. You know what? It's 833. And I see that our guest is here, so let's bring him on right now. Why don't we, Jonathan Corpina? Uh, it's been it's been a too long since, we have, since we've had him on the show. He's a senior managing partner at Meridian Equity Partners, and um, very excited. It's been it's been too long for Jonathan. So, Jonathan, good morning, welcome back. How are we doing? How are you feeling? Oh, uh, you're on mute though. Just click that mute button right on your screen there, and then there we go. Uh, See, we go. I'm rust. I'm rusty. I haven't been on in a while. You know how are we doing, man? Uh, uh, good, good. I feel great. Happy to be back. Slowly uh, getting myself back into the routine. So happy to be joining you guys. Excellent, excellent. So, um, tell us why we are doing what we're doing. You have 30 seconds. Yeah, that, <laughs> you guys been talking about this for way too long. No, I mean, look at the market and, and look at where we were and where we're coming to. And I think what's happening is that uh, investors, um, whether they're right or wrong, are kind of insulating themselves from the headlines that are out there and are trying to time the bottom, trying to time uh, missed opportunities per se, and, and make sure that they are participating, participating in this. So as you guys were talking about on the lead in, and I think Spencer, that was you who was speaking, you know, you're 50, 50 as to where this market is going to go, right? We can, we're on the brink of a all out world war three yeah. market going to implode from that. All of a sudden, if we get some by miracle, we get some ceasefire markets going to rally from there. I think investors are trying to play both sides of this. We've seen this market rally off the lows. And what I think was interesting was last week, really good, um, strong market activity as we got to the end of the week. Weekends have normally been this soft period, right? Investors digest and digest information, news headlines circulate and, and, and recirculate over the weekend. And we start to get soft coming into the week. We were soft on Monday, but not that soft, right? We sold off a little bit. No real panic. No real fear of anything that one thing that one that occurred. Again. And then yesterday we come in 
and rally again. So some of this might be false. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of draw an analogy here. I was taking a walk with my wife the other day and you, and you look out and here in New York, we've had a you know kind of rough winter and now we have these little few days of spring and you could see a tulip bulb starting to pop up out of the bed and you look and you look at it and go us here and then you look at the 10 day forecast forecast we have 3 days 3 days of you know degree weather coming up so it's two steps forward one step back same thing in the market it seems like we're seems like we're trying progress here but we're ignoring the potential headlines that are ahead and when you evaluate this this situation that's going on with Russia and Ukraine, and this is what's dictating our market now. We could talk about Fed and fundamentals, but that's what's dictating our market right now. The uncertainty of what Vladimir Putin will do or can do is really going to weigh on this market, right? The more pressure that's on him, the more he feels that he's backed into a corner, he could do anything. And I think that 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 is really what's going to keep this market from moving higher. S&P broke through 4,500, a level we haven't seen in quite some time. We're going to get a pullback off of that as we should. You can't have the movement in the market that we saw last week and this week without some sort of pullback. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what gets, what gets us over that level again. It's going to take a little bit of time, but to get back over that level again is going to be important. So that, that one level, that's sort of your bogey? That's what it, that's what everything is resting on from a from a psychological level. If you're looking at that, you know that's that's something that's there. I mean, my resistance level is is way higher, um, is way higher on this. You know, up by like you know forty five eighty. If you're looking at a you know a six month chart, um, but I, I just don't think we're strong enough to stay above that for now. But for a psychological level, I think investors will look at that. You saw some headlines come through yesterday. S and P above forty five hundred. I think also important to look at is VIX. Look at where the VIX has been. Um, obviously tremendous amount of volatility there trading as high as 36 recently getting as low as you know 22 23 yesterday um, i know we've talked about in the past that 20 level has always been that comfort zone for investors probably adjusted inflation adjusted 20 to 20 20 at this point um, but you know trying to stay trying to stay within here i think is going to be important in the vix Jonathan, we, you know, everyone tries to make analogies in this market and like, where are, you know, what period does this replicate? And you have, you know, you had the tech bubble in 99, you had, you know, the financial crisis in 2008, you had COVID. It just seems to me here that, man, this is like a new ball of wax here. I mean, the, all the different factors that are going on uh, with the war, with inflation. I mean, can you draw a parallel with this one? Because they're just to me, it's like I go in my playbook here or my stock traders almanac and there's nothing there. What what would you compare that, you know, the recent market environment? To? Yeah, Joel, I, you know, I, you know, I have this one. I mean, look at the things you just tried to compare it to. Those were all and, and, and you know you know, COVID's in a degree, but the other analogies, those were all within our borders, right? The financial crisis, those were things that we took responsibility for, could take blame for, had control over. We're watching a war unfold in front of us on our TV screens um, where we still are unsure where we play into this. What's our part if we have a part? And I think that's what's different in this category. Um, getting us us getting involved in a in a scenario where you've got two countries who are going head to head battling each other and you know what our responsibility nato's responsibility how do we get pulled into this our president has uh expressed his concerns about bringing troops in and getting more involved um but at some point 
if this continues to escalate, I don't think, unfortunately, that we and other countries are going to have to sit by and watch. And I think that's where that's where this um, trepidation is. So what analogy can you draw that to? I mean, I, I'll go way back to Vietnam, but that was way before my time. And, you know, we all know how the history books played that one out. Um, but from from this point of view, this is uncharted territory. But we can't forget about, you know, there, there's two races that we're running here. We've got our our Russia, Ukraine potential, you know, war and our involvement there. And then we have to continue to worry about what's going on here. You know, uh, infla inflation, Fed, basic fundamentals of our market, our economy still rebounding from COVID. So these things are still occurring. We can't forget about that. So we're trying to run these this, this parallel race here. And that's why we see our market continue to shift the way it is. Because all of a sudden you've got, you know, five straight-ish straight, straight -ish of, of green activity on your screen and investors start thinking, oh, wow, everything's great. And now you continue to watch headlines that come out on our screens and we're saying, wait a second, we still have still have this rough that's going on over there. We still have our interest rate uh, concerns and conversations. Inflation, everyday Main Street Americans are seeing the impact, the impact of inflation in their laps immediately. So that too is a major concern that we continue to see. So all these things bundled together still still have it all uh, have us all worked up over this market. But you know, Joel, this is not something that we've really. Um, group it all together. It's not really something that exactly. we've traded through before. Yeah. That's the way I feel too. And, um, you know, I know you have, in, you know, we were talking about the big money and, yep. you know, institutional traders and, you know, you're obviously helping them execute and navigate this market. Uh, like what are, I, like, I'm just curious, like, you know, like the conversations, I mean, you know, obviously you're, you know, no one's a war expert and, you know, there's all these different things. I mean, does it say, you know, <laughs> You know, buy me 250K, but, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, a nuclear bomb goes off, uh, you know, cancel the order. I mean, right. if, you know, what are, you know, what are, what, what are the, I mean, these are tough conversations and because the news and, and the news flow, uh, you know, what they want to do before the open, you know, could, you know, drastically, I mean, a lot of things have been happening overnight. I just wondered, you know, what these uh, these conversations are, you know, with the, the institutional traders and the big money. You know, to me, it seems like, you know, up until that burst we had, they were they're really willing to sell rallies. And and we got a big rally now. So just wanted to see what what uh, what kind of feedback you were getting from yeah, your clients. Joel, I think from like a, a macro conceptual point of view from portfolio management, um, you know, dispersing money into the market, whether they're buying or selling, that that strategy is still there, right? Mm -hmm. and, and investing in companies is still there. It's just a question of price, right? We've seen a lot of volatility in, in, in many stocks and many sectors. There's becoming a little bit more price sensitive um, when, buy, when buying stock, just because of the fact because uh, that, that you could have a large potential buyer in a, in a stock and they want to participate, they want to get involved, but the price swings very quickly can move that down 1%, 2% over a headline. So the concept of make sure you hold on to some just in case is always something that we're talking about. Having something, you know, having something in your hand, just in case a headline comes out and swings this market, if you're a buyer, if you're a buyer, it swings and you're able to, part able to participate. But then also what happens conversely is as markets, you know, get swooped up with everything and all of a sudden stock starts trading higher, you're starting to play catch up. So conceptually, 
Um, you know, I think these are opportunities for portfolio managers to get involved in stocks and, and be able to average down in some cases or get entry levels in some cases where they want to get involved. But the conviction of I want to buy it, I want to buy it now, or I want to sell it, I want to sell it now. You just don't feel that because these stocks can change on a dime for no correlated reason. Jonathan, have you noticed a change in the last week? Because if we go back and let's take us back to last Monday when the markets were near the lows and we had the death cross and the S&P and JP Morgan was thrown in the towel and all the Chinese names. Now we're seven days later and we've rallied significantly since then. Have you noticed a change in you know sentiment from your institutional customers? Yes. And, and the, the, sentiment, the sentiment change is when that market turns, there's no, there's no panic to get back involved and panic to um, participate. It's more of, okay, let's watch this. Let's watch this market trade higher, as opposed to when you have the headlines that are hitting the markets, there is that panic that we need to take some money off the table here, whether it's at a profit or a loss. So getting back into the game, there's not that urgency to get back into the game. And that's why I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a pullback here because there's no urgency to buy this market. There's more of an urgency to sell this market when those headlines are out there. That's interesting. At the end of the day, they're slaves to price like anyone else. You're, yeah, everyone is a slave to we're price. All slaves to yeah, price. We're all slaves to yeah. price. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we're, we're slaves to this tape yeah. and, you know, the, you know, FOMO of, of stocks moving and sectors moving. And all of a sudden you look at the headlines uh, of the day at the end of the day, and you find no positive headlines yet the market's up 1%. And then you just shake your head and go, what's going on here. So these, these moves, albeit, you know, what we've seen in the last week are, uh, are good for your portfolios, but, Having a pullback, having, you know, two steps forward, one step back is going to be healthy for a market. We need to bring some reality into play here. How about the whole, you know, interest rate environment and, uh, you know, the position, you know, what the Fed is doing, uh, being behind the eight ball uh, with the transitory speak. And then uh, to me, you know, going the other way last time getting extremely hawkish, throwing a lot of a lot of different scenarios out there. Uh, and then, and then you get people going all the all the way to say, well, they're gonna, you know, from not raising interest rates uh, fast enough, they're gonna raise them too much, and we're gonna go into a recession. I mean, to me, the the market seems very confused, and, and just as far as like the Fed and right, the the market can go up in a in a rising rate environment. It's not. Uh, you know, historically, we haven't seen that, but just right. give us your rate, you know, your your view on rates, uh, short term yeah. and long term and impact on the market. Yeah, listen, I think we I think we all can agree that uh, interest rates uh, were, were brought down for a reason to help our economy. And that's what the Fed's job was to do, whether they kept them there long, too long or not long enough. You know, we can go back and forth on that at some point rates. And we've seen it are going to have to move higher. What is the pace in which they do that? Um, it's it's very hard to trade off of that, right? Because there's there's two camps that are here, um, and and the Fed the Fed has all the cards. They keep them close to their chest. They let out information, or they let some sort of sentiment out that they think might help. Um, but at the end of the day, they're they're going to be they're going to be dictated by what's going on globally, right? So if we go back to two months, two and a half months, three months, 
when is the Fed raising rates? And then all of a sudden we've got this Russia-Ukraine crisis. That kind of caused them a pause in, in their mind, in their playbook, has as to how they're going to move forward. They were pretty much committed to what they've done recently, but it's going to be interesting to see the longer this plays out, the impact on inflation, the impact on reopening our economy uh, global, you know, in nationally and, and globally, that impact there, I, I think they're going to have to play this one out and keep this close to their chest. And also keep in mind, as this year plays out, right, we're finishing up the first quarter here, um, half, uh, you know, midterm elections are coming up. You could say what you want about the Fed. There are policies and politics that play into that. So as we get closer towards, you know, the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter, um, you know, that that play might might come into might come into effect. Very difficult to trade the uh, the way the Fed is thinking when you when you when we have these days when comments are coming out, when Fed decisions are coming out, we just watch the volatility. You watch the algos swoop in and swoop out. They read the headlines. Uh, volume evaporates and then comes back into the market in due time. So it's hard to really play that trade there, but it's something that you clearly have to have to take into play. How do you navigate around? And I mean, you've been in the markets a long time. I have as well. But I mean, we're such an algorithmic trading environment right now. And it seems like everything out there is just navigating around the algorithms. How do you work like institutional orders around all these algos? Kind of goes back to what I said before, where you've got... Um, where you've got clients who want to participate in stocks and they're price conscious. You have to know your stocks. You have to know your levels and you have to watch the volume, right? You could see stocks trade up and down on very little volume and depth of market. It's very quick. Um, orders are coming in and out, but you're able to see, you're able to get a sense of stocks that kind of swing. And, and once they hit volume levels and price levels, they kind of, maintain and sustain those levels and then swing back down. So I think it's more of, you know, for us being able to have these conversations with our clients when we say stocks are trading up, you know, a half a percent to three quarters of a percent on no volume. Customers want price and they want volume. If the volume's not there, you can't substantiate going along with that type of volume. You might be wrong, right? Other algorithms might playing uh, leapfrog and snowball. And next thing you know, the stock's trading a, you know, a point or two higher. But you have to know your stocks. You have to know, know your levels. Every stock, and you know, I'm, I don't have to explain this to you, you guys, has its own characteristics in the way that they handle situations. Um, you have to keep in mind that if this algo participation is moving a stock to an area, to a price that you feel isn't the right price, you're probably going to be right most of the time. Honestly, let me, sorry, Joe, go ahead. Let me sneak one more in here. Yeah. And I, I was just, you know, because you, you have a, a variety of different clients here and um, you're obviously getting buy and sell orders and a preponderance of, you know, one each way. Um, do you ever, like, do you ever, like, get, like, an easy thing, like, across, like, you know, someone's coming in to, you know, buy a quarter million, someone wants to sell a quarter million, or is it pretty much... You know, the, these guys are, you know, pretty much on the same side. You know, they're looking to buy the dips and sell the rips and things like that. I was just wondering, and if you do get that, if you do get the preponderance of, of one side, does it signal to you a turn in the market? Uh, so, uh, so crosses is few and far between, right? The planets have to be in aligned with that, right? Because you need, you need, you know, contra interest, same stock and same instructions, right? You might you might get 250 to buy VWAP over the day, 
but you might get 250 for sale. I'd sell it in line here. So you can't really okay. cross that stock. So so planets lining up for for crosses. It does occur. We do see it, but it's not a very you know pedestrian part of the order flow that we see. What we do see, like you said, is you know you look at our blotter screens at certain points during the day, and you don't look at the market. And if you just you know turned your screen on, you can get a sense of what's going on based off of the order flow that we see coming through, right? Because it's all, it, it, it all feeds off each other, right? And it kind of goes back to that whole algo premise. When the market starts trading up, algo start kicking in, fear of missing out starts kicking in, and then participation starts to occur. So you start to see these, you know, these swings in the market, probably inflated both to the upside and the downside. Um, but you could tell from the order flow that, that we see where the overall sentiment is. Not that the sentiment is always right, um, but you can get a sense of at these levels here, participation level has escalated from participation levels at higher prices when you're talking about you know overall market activity. Jonathan Corpina, Senior Managing Partner at Meridian Equity Partners. Jonathan, it is a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, we'll have you on again soon. Thanks a lot. Gentlemen, have a great day. Thanks for your time. All right. Guys, let's talk about Tesla right now. We yep. just rallied from – how low did we get? Seven – Crazy. Uh, seven fifty, seven about yeah. seven fifty six to just about one thousand in the span of what two weeks? Yeah. Uh, a week and change. Two so, weeks. Try six days. Six so, days. It's all six days. All these rallies are six or seven days. Right, fine. They're incredible rallies. It was incredible, incredible moves last week. Um, and again, it's because sentiment just got too poor. But look again, Tesla. We talked about these little double bottoms. Look what it did. You're going from the 14th and the 15th, the two days right there. On the 14th, 756.04. On the 15th, 756.57. Joel and I have looked for that stuff, you know, from a swing trading perspective for a long time. Get two lows in the same area, and then they reverse off it, and then it starts going, and then the FOMO starts kicking in, and boom, 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 and all of a sudden, you just kissed a 1000 bucks. Mitch, with a good call on the pre-pre-market show, he's like, got to think there's going to be resistance at those four digits, and I think so, too. Got up there yesterday, kissed it, pulling back from it now. Um, but I think, you know, 1,000. If you're coming in now buying Tesla, really late to the party. Anything to add on that, Joel? Or no? No? Uh, just, um, you know, I would, if you try, if you think you're going for more on, wow, yesterday's low is at 921.75. Uh, if you do get some kind of pop here, uh, I don't know if you're going to see the close. I think you have to pick a, an intermediate level. If I was trying to exit this thing from along, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be out there at the close at 93, 98. I'd be out there at like 85, 90, something like that. If you get one, you know, stupid buyer or something that swoops it up, but, uh, it's definitely turned and it really hard to find. I mean, I can't give you any good support in here. Yesterday's low is down way down at nine twenty one seventy five, and I'm sure no one wants to lean on that for like a swing trade or to try along. We're we're continuing to leak here. Is we there just made any a, other headline here? Yeah, I was like just going to ask. Ukraine, not, Spencer, not, Joel. Not, not, like, no, I'm not seeing I'm anything. Not seen all morning. I mean, Powell is speaking, but let's let's be clear about that. He's speaking right now, and he's they're all there's I think six Fed speakers speaking today. Um, 
We're all going to say the same thing. Yeah, but he but Powell is actually speaking right now. He's speaking at some they, innovation uh, summit. I can drop the link if you guys want to check that out. But I mean, you, we all know what he's going. He's going to repeat what more or less what he said uh, last week. So and the other day as well. Uh, but he's been speaking for the last half hour or more. So it could be that whatever he's saying. I don't definitely know. putting a trash or a, a damper on the dash for trash gamestop is giving back half of the games now. i was gonna say the 815 yeah. mc is almost giving it all back bed bath and beyond is literally only up eight cents after being up like seven eight percent last night where bet let's bring up bbby because cohen cohen owned bbby too yeah he made he's the one stock. that moved it before that's his other stock right so you'd think BBBY. like the, the, you get, i get the sympathy no, no, but no, look no, last no. night he didn't he didn't own bed bath isn't he? Yeah, he did. Bath? Who was it that made the huge who buy? They, in who, who made it move there the other day? Yeah, when that was it, right. When no. it jumped, who was, was it? Him? Was oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was. Right. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, He's I'm, the one that made it go from sixteen to thirty in one, like yeah, yeah, an hour, yeah. in like a minute. Going back in my pro, because yeah, yeah, my memory, but. Wait a so I mean, the the meme stock is uh, rally is leaking here to a certain extent. Obviously, it's the S and P's that are putting a damper on it because, as you know, those start and people start selling stocks all around. So we'll keep an eye, uh, keep an eye on GameStop as your leader, Bed Bath and Beyond, and see if you're trading any of those stocks. Yeah, he's the one that sent the letter. That, that, that's what he did. He sent the letter to the to the CEO or to the the board saying got, the boy's got some power. Yeah, yeah. He said you guys should spin something off. This is basically what he said. So. Um, I forgot all about that. Well, wow. spin off a couple of those aisles that there's huge stores <laughs> is what they should do. Uh, yeah, what, don't like the store. What, what, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I and they're empty. I went in there a couple weeks ago, and like they used to have all that food that they were selling. <laughs> Nothing but like uh, towels, more towels, just what everyone needs. Um, can steal them from a hotel. I mean, why would you? Go to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy them. With re- one last thing with regards to Tesla, the the Berlin factory opened yesterday. Sometimes we do talk about events being sell the news types of thing. You buy the rumors, sell the news. So maybe that is your topping catalyst here, but remains to be seen on Tesla. Um, were there, were there other tickers in the chat? I know there were that I. Uh, Let's um, do some ticker time. We have three minutes. Go. Yeah. Okay. Count them uh, out. Sales Salesforce for for Sharif Salesforce. I haven't looked at it for a little bit. I mean, we've had a pretty good rally. You know, we've had three, four days of consolidation here, too, in some of these tech names. So big, important day. Big, important day. I would say you need to hold yesterday's low, which is 212.61. As long as you hold that low, and obviously I'd look, you know, as a potential for a double bottom there. So, you know, you see if it comes in and if it can bounce at yesterday's low. But that's what you want on most of these tech names. You want to see them hold yesterday's low. We're getting some weakness here. Can they bounce at yesterday's low? You know, if they can, that's good news. If they can't, Katie, bar the door. Uh, I'll take the opposite end of this one and just say, get me anywhere near 222. I mean, what was the high from yesterday? 2185. Did have a seller at 220. Back here at 222. Palms out. This thing's heading lower until you take out that 222 and close above it. Do, 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 do. Let's go for all right. We have to talk about Alibaba every day now. So how's that Jeez. doing this morning? Yeah. Oh, up again. Well, yeah, but not in the last couple hours. It's not. So uh, it's given. Given Baidu's gone red. It the big rally has happened here, folks. The money was made. The stock has went from seventy three dollars to hundred and twenty almost. What is that? Seventy three or seventy five percent in six trading <laughs> sessions? 
Stocks up 75% in six trading sessions coming in all this congestion in the 120 area. It's where I said yesterday, I was like, I think there's room to 120. I still think there's room to 120, but at the 118, that's pretty much close enough. You're right in the whole area of congestion from December, January, and February. It's not easy sledding anymore. Uh, look at this uh, this 4 a.m. open, Dennis. You could have got out to 1979. Kiss the 120, eh? Yeah. Sell those big levels. Look at that, man. And then you got a daily high right here. At, uh, well, that was a little bit above it, but nothing but a step-down seller here since that 4. Yeah. I mean, someone's just like, they probably want to get out average price at like 116, 117. They're like, this is at 119.50? Let's just walk this puppy down, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, not red on the session, but I'd look at the closest support at uh, 114.99, and after that, whew, I don't know. Long, right. long way to go on the downside on this one. Let's let's keep an eye on Nielsen today, NLSN. It got to 26 last night. There are reports that Elliott Management could increase their offer for the company, so we'll see about that. But NLSN, well, We called that. We maybe, said that Monday when it was down. 18%. Maybe in play here, maybe not, uh, remains to be seen. But It was it, a gift. Monday move was a gift. When that thing was trading $20, I was hoping it'd come a little bit lower, um, you know, and get like 19 but $20, it was coming in in the pre-market, and it opened at 2043. It opened at the very low tick and went straight up, and everybody's saying, this isn't over yet. So that was a gift. Monday was a gift. And right. Obviously, you know, we got the Elliott news or the potential from Bloomberg that they might raise a bit, and that might happen. I, I think stocks don't play, so I wouldn't want to be short it. All right, guys. All right. Let you finish up. Hop. I'll talk to you all later on. Have a good we're, day. We're done. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. I'm going to say it again today. A uh, bit of a different programming day for us here on Benzinga uh, Live today. Not doing live trading. Not doing Benzinga Live. We're doing our monthly boot camp. This is a, a monthly show we've been doing on the weekends every month for like the last year. But today is the first time we're going to do it. During the weekday. So our boot camp is going to start right now. We have a full day of like hour long educational sessions about trading technicals fundamentals. We've got we've gathered together some of the smartest people that we know in our circles Anne Marie Band, Mark Petrino, Gianna Tapochi and others that's that stream is starting right now so i'm going to end this show redirect to our boot camp that's going to go live until about 3 3 15 today at which point we'll resume with the normal show so um stay tuned for that guys smash that like button subscribe to benzinga on youtube we appreciate that and i'm going to end this show and i will see you over on the benzinga boot camp leading us off here today is going to be mark petrino who is the head of our uh, trading school so see you guys over there smash that like and uh, good luck today. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control 
every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.